Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Turning to Him. I am Zach Batty, and I am here with Mary Ward. Mary, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. I'm I'm really excited. Well, good. Again, I, I know you're swamped, the busy life of a college student. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. You know, as you, like, go throughout college, you, like, you just kind of get used to it. Sure. Sure. I can remember when I was in college thinking, man, you know, people ask you, so what are you up to? And you're like, well, I've school and work <laughs> and homework. That's what I'm up to. That's what I do. And I kept thinking, I can't wait till I get older and I've got more exciting things to talk about. And now when people say, what are you up to? I say work and kids. That's that's what I'm up to. That's what I do. <laughs> so but every chapter is fun. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, as we get started, Tell us uh, just kind of the short summary of what experience you want to share with us today. Yeah. Um, so the one that kind of came to mind is when I was in high school. This was probably like, I'm trying to like rack my brain. It was actually like five-ish years ago, like to the day, not to the day, but like to the month, I guess. Okay. And so... My junior year of high school, I um I was playing basketball because I'm I'm fairly tall and so like I anyway I played basketball and during a game I got a concussion and it was pretty bad and a lot of things had like like the concussion was just kind of like the domino effect of like a couple of really really awful um series of events I guess and so I wasn't able to go to church because the music was too loud it was my brain was very overstimulated when I would either go to like church to just go to sacrament meeting or whatever and so I was I didn't go to church for a while and during my junior year whew, sorry i um, I was also taking early morning seminary yes. and I wasn't able to go to early morning seminary and I was in a spiritual like I guess I was in a spiritual void is like how I would put this yeah. and I remember <laughs> sorry I'm laughing about this now because like I feel like I'm in a fairly okay space spiritually right now but like I remember like I didn't go to church for probably like two three months and it was around this time where um seminary was choosing their seminary council and like the people the teachers were putting in their recommendations and so I get called into my bishop's office and they were like all right Mary um you've been um, recommended to be on the seminary council. 
And I haven't been in like, I don't know, like two, three months. And I'm like, like what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember like, that was kind of the Lord's way of redirecting me to turn back to him. Like that's the title of this podcast is turning to him. And for me, that was just a big experience of like the Lord, like over the series of a couple of months of me going through um, the ending of a couple of friendships and also struggling health wise because of a concussion. Um, and through that, I was able to, um, realize that the Lord was putting me in positions in order to be a good leader in, on the seminary council. Okay. Um, and so I think it was really eye-opening to me because I never, I didn't really want to <laughs> be yeah, on yeah. the seminary council. I was, I was always that like angsty teenager. I was like, I already know my spirituality, like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but then um I've over the years I've realized and reflected back on that story where I've realized that the Lord knows our spirituality and he knows what um situ I wouldn't say like he puts us in spiritual situ like those situations of like either broken friendships or spiritual voids, but I do think that the positions that we put ourselves in are opportunities for the Lord to redirect us back to him. Yeah. Okay. And you said that this all started your junior year, right? Yeah. Okay. So take us back to your sophomore year. What is life like for you? Oh. <laughs> are you just like oh, a lot the party? How did that? Well, what's it I, like? I think. My life was actually like, I think my sophomore, if I can remember right, it's been a couple of years, is <laughs> that I I thought life was pretty good. I had a really wonderful best friend that I leaned on everything for. I I was doing well in school. I felt like I was doing well socially with others, and and then. Um, kind of then like mid junior year, I think is when some cracks started. Well, the beginning of junior year cracks started to show and in you or the friendship Um, by that in the friendships that I had and like in like socially cracks were starting to show and I was. I was a bit nervous because I was a bit of a loner, but, okay. and I didn't like the friends that I did have, like I wanted to keep them because they were like, I'm, I'm not the best at can like, I, I'm good at connecting with people, but it's like the friendships that and maintaining those friendships are, that's hard for me. Sure. And that was especially prominent in a couple of friendships I had. And then, um they um 
a, a little while after, like after I got my concussion, there was just a huge <laughs> fallout of friends. And so that's just kind of, it was just over the series of like a couple of years where like life was great. Life was wonderful. I felt like I was really connecting with God and connecting with friends. And then, um, there through the agents, through the choices of others and through just circumstances, um, there was a pretty, drastic difference between before and after my concussion of okay what life was like tell us about i mean so i want to i want to go back to the to the friends and then the cracks that are showing and that type of stuff but tell us about the concussion did this happen in a basketball game it did happen in a basketball game what happened i so i was coming down with a rebound and I, I don't remember this very well, but from what my parents told me is that um, there were two girls that like full on almost like football tackled me to the ground and I hit my head, like the back of my head and I was unconscious for about five to 10 seconds. Instantly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then I came to, I was in a lot of pain <laughs> wow. and then I went to the hospital and for a while it was so, like, it was so interesting. Cause like, I always like have heard like, oh, concussions are so bad, yada, yada. And <laughs> then like to have a concussion, like in a spirit experience, the side effects is so interesting because it was hard for me to like go outside. Like I would wear sunglasses indoors, even just like sitting through class. I would be like, my brain feels like applesauce right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't think. And, and so with that, like I, I was just focused on maintaining my like consciousness and like my ability to stay lucid in overwhelming situations and so that also put a damper on friendships that I had yeah. because I wasn't really nourishing them very well and I wasn't nurturing um them because I was so out of it yeah yeah so after the concussion, did you spend any time like overnight in the hospital or did they just check you out, say, hey, she's got a concussion. She's got to take it easy for a bit. And this thing just needs to run its course. Yeah, they were just they just they checked me out like they did a. Like an x-ray on my neck to make sure my neck wasn't broken. Yep. Um, But they just said, like, yeah, you just got to take it easy for like the next couple months here. Okay. So for how, so you come home from the hospital, you got a headache, you're wearing sunglasses, all these things. For how long does it take where you are really having to, like you said, just try to get through the applesauce, just like, uh, just not at a hundred percent. Yeah, I would probably say it took me about two months to like not 
constantly feel that applesauce <laughs> brain. <laughs> that's a very long time, especially your junior year. That's an important year. You're getting ready to go to school. You're submitting, you know, potentially submitting applications. There's a lot yeah. going on in your junior year. Yeah, there there was a lot. And I actually had to miss the ACT, the free ACT that Utah students are allowed to yep. like, take um, because I was like, it was like the week after yes. I got my concussion that the ACT was up. And I was like, there's no way I'm taking this. Test. Oh, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, was there any change in your personality that that you detected or that your parents or your friends detected? Um, no, I don't I don't think so. I think it was just more of like. I was in the mindset of like, <clears throat> oh, woe is me. OK. And like. That's I was just really like oh what was me like I'm yeah. having like my brain is mush I can't go to school <laughs> for very long without having a headache so it was it that's just kind of how I saw it I'm not I would have to ask others to see like what their perspectives were on that that's actually a very interesting thought <laughs> maybe i'll ask my parents tonight okay so as you start injecting yourself back into life right you start fast forward two months you're kind of starting to get back into school get back into the friends but you find that you and your friends have drifted apart is that is that fair to say yeah for sure what does that do to you um it feels very isolating um I'm I was really angry at who I really just remember feeling this like intense anger and I don't know how to describe it any other way because I was mad that like a couple of my friends had decided to like drift apart during such uh not so great time in my life and I was like I was angry yeah angry at them I yeah uh, I was I was mostly angry at them and they knew it and <laughs> I also knew it where I was just mad like at like anything and like yeah we would like still talk and kind of interact a little bit um I just didn't really know how to properly talk about it because I was such an um I was such in a woe is me kind of mm -hmm. state that I couldn't like have a mature conversation and I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to have a mature-ish conversation because we're high school students. It's not like, we know how to, <laughs> we're, we're not like expecting to know how to, um, I don't know, like have like mature conversations, but like, I would have liked a little bit more 
um, understanding. Yeah. And it felt like I did, wasn't granted that. And so that's what made me mad at my friends. Yeah, yeah. You also mentioned that at this time, um, it was just too uncomfortable to go to church, too noisy, too bright, uh, things like that. How does that affect you? Um, I remember, sorry, this, I promise I'll get back to that question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so when I was on my mission, I was on my mission during COVID, and so for a good portion of my mission, I wasn't able to take the sacrament um, because, like, of COVID regulations and, like, we weren't able to go back to church sometimes and, like, and so it was just super hard to get the sacrament. And I remember... um my companion at the time, my trainee, she, um, she was like, Sister Ward, like, we need to get the sacrament somehow. And I was like, what's the big deal? <laughs> like, this is just kind of like how it's gone. Like, you can still feel the spirit, like, whatever. And then when we were given the opportunity to go to church, I remember that it was just so much better and I felt so much better that week and um so it's I feel like the sacrament and um all of the spirit that's just in um our meeting houses and the church just really have the spirit with them and like I know they're con they're consecrated buildings so like obviously that they're they're gonna have the spirit it's just sometimes you get so used to it that like when you're not there for a while you can and then when you go back you can feel that um yeah. well and in the ordinances also you know it's not it, it's not just the principles of the gospel it's the ordinances of the gospel there's power in them exactly and i remember like the first time i went back to church like there was just such a strong spirit and when i was able to like take the sacrament with oh sorry when i was able to take the sacrament in church for the first time i remember like just this giant spirit coming back yeah and I was like oh this is what I've been missing for like the past couple months because like I think I can't remember what scripture it is but it's like anger is like anger driveth anger driveth away the spirit or something oh. um and that's and like that's so true <laughs> like it's it's kind of crazy how like fast like feeling angry and like can just quickly like turn like 
leave like the spirit will leave you the moment you feel that anger and like yeah. yes the spirit can still like kind of speak to you to kind of redirect you back but for a little while while you're still in that passionate state of mind you get heated and you can't really there's it's hard to listen to reason and it's hard to listen to the holy ghost when your head is so loud and so when I was first able to go back to church I just remember this it was like a state of love and a state of understanding that yes I there was some friendships that fell out and it is unfortunate but I still have nothing but love from my savior and because he overcame everything I can I can forgive I can be forgiven and I and like I can allow the spirit to dwell yeah in me so that I can move forward in wisdom and learning how to better relationships without getting angry <laughs> okay so i mean it sounds like as you start going back to church you start feeling the anger leave you yeah what else did you do to help kind of get yourself back on track because i think a lot of us go through a saddle and and a lot of us, I think, especially in our teenage years, are thinking, man, two months off a of church? It sounds like a dream. How do I sign up <laughs> for that plan? That's great. But you you went through it and you and you know now there's a better way. There's a better way. So talk to us about that. Um I've always found for me the way to I guess keep myself in the gospel is to worry about the spirituality of others okay. um, and I remember this my senior year I was like um my cousin was living with us at the time and I had gone to his YSA ward a couple like for a couple of times and um I was like you know what I just resonate more with like this YSA ward than I do with like the young women in my ward and I was talking to my young woman's president at the time, and she was like, like, I will support you with whatever you do, Mary, but these young women need you, and they need your experience and your knowledge and your wisdom. And I was like, okay, I'll stay. <laughs> and um, I remember just going back to – um young women's and helping these like young teenagers and I then it made me start thinking about my teenage years of how I needed um the older class like the older girls to like really kind of take me in and take me under their wing and make sure I was noticed and for me that didn't happen but I wanted to make sure for the other girls that were in my class that did happen because I mean, it's not to say that, like, you need to be alone to, like, figure out the Savior and, like, figure out your relationship with the Savior. It's just, I've, I've found that through, like, my studies and, like, 
through all of my life experiences, my relationship with the Savior grows closer when I grow connections and grow relationships with others. That's profound. Say that again. <laughs> um, um, you're like my relationship grows stronger with the Savior the more I grow my relationships with others. I love that. And I'm so glad that you brought it up from the perspective of the Young Women's Young Men's program, because I think that so many of our 16 and 17 year old youth struggle with um, attending Young Women's Young Men's because especially combined activities, because you got the 12 year olds there and there's such a there's such a mental difference between a 12 year old and a 17 year old. Uh, they're just bouncing off the walls. I don't I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. But ex it's exactly what you said. Those 12-year-olds just feed off everything that the 16 and 17-year-olds are doing. And man, oh. if you've got a 17-year-old that says, hey, Janet, how you doing? That's just like, my life could not be better. Oh my gosh, a senior just said hello to me. Like this, this is unbelievable. Exactly. And it's not necessarily like, I remember this one little cute young woman that came into um, Young Women's my last year. And I just kind of like, like I would make sure to say hi to her at activities. I would try and engage with her. And like, yeah, sometimes 12, 13 year old kids are a bit bratty and like they think, they're so cool and you don't really want to be around that but we all like as a senior you also think that as a 16 17 year old you think that as well right. and it's it definitely it takes a little it takes a lot of humility to say hey I'm not as cool I'm like hey these kids actually need what I have and like I'm going to set aside my prejudgments about them and just have fun yeah. and be like the, like, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like a mentorship is like, yeah, it's an active like, service. Mm -hmm. oh, and like, sorry. go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. It's like, we can talk. It's like kind of relating it back to ministering. It's literally just like the ministering of, um, young women's and young men is like you go through this process of learning how to connect with people and like it's also it's really nice that like how the church has done it is because it it's not just about the relationships that we have here it's like like I was saying earlier it's we learn more about the savior and we learn more about his character the more we try to emulate the the that those characteristics in our day-to-day -day relationships here on earth and ministering is that the church has provided now is like i mean it, it was home teaching before but ministering is i think it was president nelson who said it was a higher and holier way to mm -hmm. do that and it's a higher and holier way because it doesn't 
it doesn't have to be awkward or hard. It's just being yourself and being um, true to others and like in the, your relationships and um, being genuine to yeah. like little bratty 13 year olds. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and like, this is, I had this kind of epiphany on my, on my mission as well. Is that like when, because like, obviously we like, it's hard to like get to know people and like because like you're like scared or whatever and you're like you're you have some social anxiety I like which I totally understand um is that um but when you use the atonement and you ask the savior like how can I help this person him knowing every single person and their personality and their weaknesses and their sufferings, like he said, and like um, it was stated in Alma Seven, like he knows every, like Jesus knows everything about us, and a way to use the um, use our relationship with Jesus is to ask him, hey, I'm trying to help so and so, or I'm. I'm asking, like, God, like, I need your help with um, connecting better with Jane or Jane Doe. And I'm, this is what I'm seeing in her. Help me next time to figure out how I can best connect with her and make her feel safe and, like, make her feel like those connections are, like, good. And because the savior knows all of that and because God knows all of like our personality, he can then direct us in ways that can help other people. And that's through the atonement that was made possible. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like service has played a major role in your life of serving others and that you have found that it has brought you great personal spiritual benefit to serve others. And of course, that's not why we do it, but that that's kind of been a major anchor point for you. Yeah, I would say so. I, and part of it is kind of to like, and I know like I've been, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> finals um, week. <laughs> yeah, finals week, am I right? Um but I feel like it's been I've been trying to like like with all of the service that I do, I try it's been trying to also make up for the lack lack thereof that I had in the past. Mm. Um because for a while even before, like, I went into high school, I had this perspective of, oh, woe is me. Yeah. And, and it was hard to, 
I don't know. It was just hard to like serve anyone because I was so stuck up in my own problems. Um, and now I feel like I've tried to dedicate my life to serving others because I, in whatever capacity I can, um, because for a while I was, I didn't. And I know guilt is not the best way to like go about feeling like, oh, I need to do this. It's just, I'm like, I've learned this as like the years have gone on, the amount of service that I put in, it obviously benefits me, but it benefits a whole mass of people and it's and like service is a a worldwide um Mm -hmm. benefactor of an individual's service regardless of if it's just dropping off cookies because you thought of them and but because for the person that you're that gets the cookies it changes their whole world and it changes their whole perspective and it reminds them that god's love isn't exclusive for people yeah and Um, like sorry (laughs) go ahead no finish that thought okay and i guess like and like through that love you get to like and through that um changing of worlds it changes your world as well and it's like it's like from Pocahontas like the ripple effect or like grandmother willow like talks about how a single like like a single poke or a drop or whatever can like um affect the whole lake yeah yeah um, is that, does this play into account? You've started an Instagram group. You're one administrator out of many of Instagram group. How has this played a role in that? Oh man. <laughs> so during my missionary, missionary experience, um, I was a COVID missionary. I served from May of 2020. I was like, one of like the first guinea pig groups of <laughs> MTC. I um and so we did a mass amount of social media work. Nice. Like I would be sharing to Facebook about like all this stuff <laughs> that probably a lot of people didn't look twice at. Um but it I still felt like I was sharing, doing, um, completing my missionary purpose of bringing others to Christ. Yeah, 100%. And through those skills that I gained on my mission, I continued it when I got back on my original um, Instagram account. And like I tried starting up my own instagram for a while but then it just got too overwhelming for me and then i saw that the group modern day missionaries was looking for admins to like help out sharing the gospel and i was like sign me up (laughs) (laughs) and um 
through this whole experience of like coming home and like sharing the gospel via social media it's it's been a very interesting experience because for a long time I like I kept on getting like um people saying like people messaging me like and it wasn't like strangers it was just like friends like saying hey thank you for sharing this this is what I needed to hear today or something along those lines and that's why I do is what I do is to like help out the one I think it's this upcoming week that that talks about um the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son mm-hmm. in Luke 15 where like it's really all about that one person that needs to hear that and while there might be a lot of ones that need to hear it um like i've learned through my time as an admin on modern day missionaries that the holy ghost and like the godhead knows what people need to hear and it's a very interesting experience sharing the gospel because if you try and like seek something out you're like oh like like the holy ghost tell like it, it like it feels like it tells you like oh that isn't right right now or like when you find like the right message you're like oh that's what is meant to be shared today mm. and it's a it's a very interesting experience um and it's been a wonderful experience to um learn more about the Godhead and learn how the Godhead works in everyday life. I love it. I love hearing that. And, uh, you know, I think the idea that, well, we somehow, you can't, you can't share the gospel online or the social media just by nature is bad or, or corrupts people. I don't believe that at all. Um, I believe it's a tool. And just like any tool, you can you can use a chainsaw to destroy your house, or you can use a chainsaw <laughs> to cut firewood and, and keep yourself warm. Um, exactly. I feel like it's this it's the same thing. So I'm so glad that that you and the rest of the modern day missionary team are out there spreading goodness online. That's online isn't going it's not going away. It's not going away, and um, are about a space in it for our for site. sure. And I remember there's a book, um, I think his last, I think his, his name is Greg Trimble. He talks about how to be a modern day, like a mis- modern day missionary, like online. It's yes. a really good book. I can't remember what it, like the title was called, but the author is Greg Trimble. And he says that even things born out of, less holy circumstances can be used by the Lord to accomplish his purposes. Sure. And I am a very big advocate for um, sharing the gospel via social media. And if you program, if you, if you look at celebrity gossip all day, you're not going to get any gospel. Right. And, but I've been trying, I've been trying to pr- reprogram my Instagram <laughs> algorithm into 
more gospel-centered stuff because the celebrity gossip or like the latest news in Bachelor Nation isn't fulfilling any spiritual need that I have. Yeah, yeah, we don't need we don't need any more of that. We've got plenty of that. We need more. Oh guests. yeah. All right, thank you so much for taking time today. Um, of course, thank I you know. for kind of like accommodating me because I slept in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You're just fine. It's a busy time in your life. I hope that you do well with your finals. Thanks. And uh, keep spreading the gospel. <laughs>